When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome. Hope everyone is having a wonderful week, the sustainable way. Uh, it's uh, a overcast day here in the New York area, but it's always a prosperous day, uh, living the life of the prospereur. So today we're going to have a great guest, but before we start, we wanted to let those people know that if you are new to the Sustainable Success Radio Show, again, you found us here on the Voice America Influencers channel, but you can also find us on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. Come check it out, us out there. You'll find many of the great guests that we've had uh, on demand. You'll get a wealth of information that can help not only in your business, but also in your life. Again, sustainable success is about striking a balance to the best of your ability between your life and business. Uh, today's show is being brought to you by Empowered Fathers in Action, also known as EFA Movement. This is a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process, but they go even farther beyond in helping to create interdependent families in terms of communication and eliminating limited beliefs at the source. Interdependent families lead to interdependent communities and then to interdependent business. And when you have interdependency between people, you're able to thrive at a higher level. And that's all about sustainable success. And we can't agree more than what Empowered Fathers in Action is doing. Go check out EFA Movement or Empowered Fathers in Action at www.efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. Today, we're going to be talking about the subject of conscious business strategies to grow profit. So, you know, a lot of times we hear the word conscious. You know, we've heard conscious capitalism. We hear conscious. Sometimes we relate it to the spiritual side, and it obviously is. But, you know, how does this relate to business, and how can we incorporate corporate business strategies to grow profit? We're going to be learning about that today from our guest, Burke Franklin. Before I introduce him, I'm going to give you a little information about him. Burke uh, Franklin is a creator and CEO of BusinessPowerTools.com, best known for BizPlan Builders software, which has sold more than 2 million copies. He has worked for a number of tech companies and started making real money after he launched his own company. He has 40-plus years of sales, marketing, and management experience. Along the way, he was elected to the White House Conference on Small Business and nominated for an Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year. His idea of changing the world is providing the business tools you need to help you change the world. He has now, now taken all of his content and remastered it into a seamless online collaborative online dashboard. Michael Gerber, the author of The E-Myth, called it the customizable encyclopedia of everything you need to know about your business. Burke's book, Business Black Belt applies lessons from 37 years of personal development workshops, martial arts, flying, real-world business successes to building companies. And without further ado, we welcome Burke Franklin to the show. Burke, how are you doing today? Great, Chris. Thanks for being on your show. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to uh, have you on, Burke. And I'm really, we are looking forward to getting a little bit more information. But before we get into a little bit about, you know, what you do with Business Power Tools, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about 
conscious business strategies to grow profit. You know, what is the what does it mean when when you look at the term conscious in the business world? Talk, can you talk a little bit about that and what how that applies to business? Well, I think about how it applies to myself and what I learned. And my favorite quote is by Rumi. And it says, your task is not to seek the love. Your task is to seek and find everything within yourself that you've built against it. Now, my humble revision to that for business purposes, <laughs> your task is not to seek the love, money, success, fill in the blank. Your task is to find and remove enough of everything within yourself that you've built against it. And what I think about that is I think about how my own success evolved over the years and how I've watched other people and, and coached other people to succeed is I find there's, that we have blocks, you know, about, you just, I was talking to a guy yesterday, he goes, oh, I suck at marketing. I will keep saying that, you know, and so this, the negative thinking that's in there is, it's, it's rampant. And so much of our culture, we use negative words like, don't forget, or don't worry, don't this, don't that, don't think of an elephant. And, you know, you introduce these negative concepts all over the place. And even when you're thinking you're being positive by saying, don't worry, well, now we've got worry in the conversation. Why did yeah. I do that? <laughs> you know, except to use it as an example. And so to find and remove these, these things within ourselves, we've built against it. It's amazing how much there is in there. And you can just hear it coming out of people's mouths. But so what's the point of pursuing and you're pursuing happiness, pursuing business and all that? only to find when you actually get there that you've already got a block against it, I would say get rid of those blocks first and then pursue what you want to pursue because otherwise, what's the point? No, it's so true. And, you know, and you, when you talk about, you know, people when they say certain things, you know, they probably don't even realize what, how, what they're saying. It's all on autopilot. And, and, and would you would you agree that a lot of this just is just conditioned thinking, you know, in terms of what, what they say that goes back to their childhood, probably something they picked up growing up. Uh, and of course it's in our, in our everyday in culture. I mean, in our environment, every time you turn the TV on it, everything's negative. Well, yeah, we're full of it. You know, you're absolutely right. You go back to your childhood and, but you know, there's a risk there of blaming your parents for it. No, it's not their fault. They learned it from their parents and they learned it from their parents yep. and, I think we're very fortunate to now in our, in our evolution of humanity in the last 50 years, you know, there's been a lot of work on consciousness and a lot of people have brought forth many techniques and strategies and certainly awareness of it. But, and I think the trick now is to kind of, you know, build that firewall. It's, we don't go back. You know, we've learned a lot about, you know, war is not a good idea. Okay. Uh, you know, other things that humanity has just done for years, forever, and now we need to, to really radically shift that, and it starts with us thinking, and to catch our thoughts. Almost, you know, I, I hear myself speak, and I'll hear something negative come out, like, oh, wait, delete, delete, control Z, back up, you know, whatever you want to, whatever metaphor you want to use to delete those thoughts, and then replace them with a more positive thought. That's not just positive mental attitude. It's more of like, you know, when you're driving down the road, your car, car tends to pull off, you know, wants to pull to the right or left. You're holding the steering wheel, holding it on. That's positive mental attitude is, is holding the car on the road. Consciousness is clearing out the thing that's driving you off the road. It's getting your front end aligned. It's getting you, getting, removing the parts of your thinking that are causing you to veer off. And so when you think about a conscious business, according to most definitions of it is, you know, you're really being, you're, you're, you're generating a profit. What your business is doing has a purpose. It's, it's serving the world in some way. It's solving a problem. It's creating something new. And it's also mindful of 
you know, the environment within which it does it. It's mindful of the other interactions with people. So everybody who works with you wins. It's not about beating up your vendors and, 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 and scraping all the money off the table so nobody makes any money except you. But you think, oh, I'm, I'm conscious business because I'm donating money to social causes. In the meantime, you're, you're, you're trashing people. And so you've really got to be conscious, kind of the 360-degree view of, of everybody you're affecting and how you're affecting all of them. No, it's so true, Burke. I mean, this is a term I always use. I mean, not only with people like that are close to me, but even clients, people in general. You know, it's give without expectation, receive without resistance. And I think a lot of times when people hear that statement, it's like, yeah, okay, that's cool, I get it. And but do you really get it? Because just like you just said, oh yeah, we give we give money to a charity. But yet we beat the crap out of our vendors to knock them down in price so that we can produce a profit at their expense. And so to speak, that exactly. a lot of times they're not conscious to that. So talk about why, you know, it, it's so imperative why consciousness or conscious business strategies are so important more than ever going forward. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned you know one aspect of it is we think we're doing good, but in one hand we're doing well or doing doing good in the world, but we're hurting other places. So where does it balance out? And we wonder why there's this strife in the world and things going on. I find even driving down the road, you know, people driving traffic crazy, and then if I can shift my consciousness to okay, how can I help these guys get around me? How can I be kind of partner with the other drivers on the road? It's amazing how my calmness overcomes me and, and it's all of a sudden everybody's like, they pull, they're out of my way. It's amazing how that happens. And, you know, it's hard to do when you're driving in, like I was driving through Los Angeles traffic yesterday, thinking, try to maintain this thought, you know, it's difficult. <laughs> At the same time, it's, it, you know, it works. Everybody there is like a fighter pilot, rah, you know, crazy driving, passing you up. And, you know, they're not getting to their off-ramp much faster than maybe a, a second or two. But the risk of the accident they could cause would take the amount of time you'd have to deal with the accident that you caused or you got into because of your desperate need to get to your off-ramp a second ahead of somebody else. You know, they don't think about weighing the, those, those uh, you know, options. So, but I was going to say, the thing that crosses my mind, you, know, you mentioned the word profit, and I think a lot of people have issues with the word or the concept of profit. And which is why I think some people do nonprofits as well. We're not making a profit, therefore we can, you know, say do stuff because we're not making a profit. We're not being evil profit, you know, makers and stuff. And what I want to add to people who are making a profit, you know, people who are afraid of profit, is profit is really the actual. It's the value you bring to the service. You know, like FedEx makes a profit. The value they bring is they deliver your package tomorrow. The idea is they don't keep your package for a month. They pass it through and get it to where you want to go tomorrow. And the fact that they can do that, which is miraculous, uh, is worth the money to us to get something delivered tomorrow. And FedEx makes a profit on that. So they're adding value. And so everything you're doing, you're, you're thinking about yourself adding value. It's not the you got something from somebody for one price and you marked it up and sold it to somebody else. It's like you're stealing from the person you're selling to because you've made a bunch of money on this thing. No, the fact that you are aware of this product, the fact that you have the product, the fact that you can deliver the product or service or whatever it is, is the value add that you have. And therefore you deserve a profit on that. And that's when we had to think about that, I think. And so just the first part is it's okay to make a profit. 
you need the profit because that enables you to do the rest of what you do. Yeah, and I think it goes back to the whole, you know, that statement I, I always like to use, give without expectation, receive without resistance. You know, again, we sometimes, there could be, you could give very well, but you you don't receive well or you undermine the value that you bring to the marketplace, uh, so to speak. Because, you know, oh, I got to be more competitive because the focus is on price rather than than the value itself and the quality. So, you know, I guess, you know, I, you know if you're looking at conscious business strategies, you know, when we look at this, would you feel that this applies to just everybody? I mean, it doesn't matter what size organization it is. It can be a Fortune 500 company. It can be the solopreneur. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's all being run by people. Yeah. So it's what, yep. the, what the thinking is. And oftentimes, you know, a company's culture is emanates from the, the founder or the founders of founding team of the business. And if they don't really have a consciously thought about a conscious, I mean, conscious really is just being deliberate. Like I, I, I'm, I'm talking to you and I'm choosing my words carefully, consciously, because I want you and your listeners to, you know, well, learn something, maybe change your behavior or get something out of it that you can use that will benefit you. And so I'm conscious about, I'm thinking about that and how can I be deliberate in that? And many companies, you know, I, I think really, they're not really conscious of the culture that they create. And so, for example, I went to a boarding school in the East Coast, and one of the, the tenets of the, or the primary tenet of the whole thing was the honor system. You do not lie, cheat, or steal, and it's a zero tolerance of that. And it was, it was like at the top of everything. In fact, at, at the end of every test, you wrote on it, I, shall, I, I neither gave nor received help on this test, and you sign your name. And because it, it was just about being honest and and, you know, part of it, and even like you talk about give without expecting, but if you do expect something, say so. You know, I don't necessarily give without expecting. Like, I'll give you, I'll give you my software, but I want you to pay me for it. And yeah. so there's a deal to be made. So at least be forth, forthcoming in the deal you're making, I think, is, would be something to, to add in that. Have the guts to stand up to somebody who wants you to do something. You just, you don't want to do it. And you say, no, I'm not doing that. And the operative moment when you, when you agree to do something with somebody is when you agree to do it. You can say, hey, hey, can you come and help me, do, help me move my house on Saturday? You're thinking, no, I want to sleep in. But you think, oh, okay, I'll tell him yes, because in this moment I'll say, yes, sure, man, I'll come over to your house and help you move. And Saturday morning comes around and you just flake. Well, now you can feel bad. Your friend's disappointed. Everything is going badly. The friend doesn't trust you and you've created this mess. And rather than having to apologize and figure it all out, work it out later, how about when you when your friend asked you to help you come move, you said, you know what? No, I, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. And have the guts in that moment when you make the agreement to not make the agreement. And that would be, I mean, I think if we could be more upfront of that, it took me a long time to get there where I could look at somebody and say, okay, I'm going to forego my popularity with this person in this per- current moment. Because I'm not, I don't want to blow this thing up down the road. Or if I do make an agreement, even though I thought, damn it, why did I do that? You know, I get up Saturday morning, I go help a move because I said I would. And then I think to myself, okay, don't ever do that again. You know, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I think, you know. And so it, it, it's, it's when you make these deals, I think that's, that's a real a moment of consciousness is, is then. Well, no, you definitely, I mean, that is so true. Because, you know, if you, when you said yes... And you really didn't want to because you needed to sleep in because whatever the case may be. Now well, you're really just pleasing you and enabling. Why you said no? 
Yeah. Yeah, you're just pleasing and enabling them. And 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 this case, you know, if you say no, that's okay. They're going to find somebody else. And if you said yes and you really meant it and you really wanted to be there, then it's different. So that level of of being conscious and giving because you that's what you you just you made that decision because you want to be there. You would offer so much more value than the other way around where you did it because you you thought it would make them feel good, but you really don't want to be there. Exactly. It's like almost like looking at okay, how how is future me going to feel about this deal in the future? I'm going to wake up Saturday morning and be angry with past me for for making this deal. And so, really, I think you know it, it is it is a bit of a chess game, if you will where you're looking at yourself in the future and saying, how am I going to feel about this in the future? How is this going to go in the future? How are these other people going to respond in the future when they find out that they got screwed, you know, or something like that? Uh, you know, there's all that, all that kind of stuff. And so being very aware of, of we've all been around long enough. We know, with, you know when we're doing something wrong and it's going to blow up, uh, you know, just stop that. <laughs> I say, you know. No, Absolutely. Well, we, we have about a minute and a half uh, to the, our first break, Burke. So I wanted to kind of, if you could just sum up, you know, the, you know, if, if you were the listeners that are on here, whether if they're business leaders, entrepreneurs, you know, people that are looking to get into, you know, the, you know, a new business, talk about why, again, why it's so important to incorporate the conscious element into business, even to sum it up. Well, it's, it's, Business is difficult. I, I, you know, I know people don't want to hear that. They want to hear there's a magic bullet, and I, and I like to think I sell lots of silver bullets for building a business, and I do. However, you know, it, it's complicated. There's a lot of things to do. You have a lot of moving parts. You're like an air traffic controller. You know, with all the people coming and going, and the customers, and the financing, and the the operations, and 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 the planning, and the thinking, and the and the policies, and you know how you handle people, and there's all the stuff going on. I think the first thing is really accepting the fact that it is complicated. There's a lot to do, and you're going to ultimately you are you're a captain of the ship, and so whether you know no matter what happens, it's on you. So that's the other bit that's kind of the unfortunate, I suppose, part of it. On the other hand, you know, as the person who founds the business, you get a lot of credit or all the credit, practically, you know, for the success of the business and, and how it goes. Yet you've got to really you just got to you've got to keep all these things in mind. I think that's that's the, the real trick is you've got to keep it all in mind. And how do you affect your people, your customers, your vendors, the people that finance you? How 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 is that? How do you how do you get all these pieces to work smoothly together? And that takes a lot of thinking, it takes a lot of consciousness about how you are and that part about Rumi where if I built any blocks yep. against this, am I gonna get right up there and then freak out? You know, I mean anybody who's you know, ask, yep. think about this. Ask your dad. Ask your dad when you were a teenager. Could you ask your dad for money? You know, talk about you mentioned earlier about going back into childhood. Yep. You know, hey, dad, can I have a hundred bucks? And if that kind of strikes fear in your heart because you know your dad would have told you things. What do you think? Money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, I worked hard for my money when I was your age. You know, all that stuff we heard growing up. If you still have those thoughts in your head, we, we hear them. But I mean, but it, it's something at the effect of them. This is the being conscious of your own programming, if you will. And so a lot of the punk consciousness has to do with, you know, reprogramming ourselves. I need to be, I need to be Burke Franklin 2.0, Burke Franklin 3.0, Burke Franklin 4.0, and keep updating my thinking. It and keeps updating. And that's what's going to yep. start generating what's coming to what I'm attracting yep. in my world. Yep. 
And that's that's important to do. And you know, if you can't ask your dad for a hundred bucks as yep. a teenager, how the hell are you going to ask a venture capitalist for ten million dollars? Exactly. Well, well let, I want to continue on that subject when we get back from the break because I think that's such important about asking. Again, we're uh, here with Burke Franklin. Again, he's the creator and CEO of BusinessPowerTools.com. We're talking about conscious business strategies to grow profit. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back again. We're here with Burke Burke Franklin. Again, he's the creator and CEO of BusinessPowerTools.com. Again, check them out. He's best known for Biz Plan Builder Software, which has sold more than 2 million copies. Again, uh, we're going to be hearing more about where you can find out more information about Burke later in the show and more about Business Power Tools. Burke, well, where we left off in the first segment of the show, I mean, we were talking about, you know, the concept of conscious business strategies to grow profit and why consciousness is so important more than ever in uh, today's economy. 
we kind of ended the, the first segment where we were talking about, you know, the concept of asking and why that is so such a difficult thing for people. I, and I would say most por- probably pertaining to millennials, you know, because they're used to doing everything on the phone and not really, you know, talking to someone face to face. Why is asking, you know, why is the concept of asking so, so important in today, today's world going forward in business? Well, I think part of the issue is there's an expectation that you're going to get, you know, no. You know, some kind of like, no, what are you thinking? And some screaming. And so there's a fear of, of asking because of there's, there's the fear of rejection. And, um, well, that's certainly available. I, I think a lot of this, you know, the, the rejection and that kind of thing is, is all, uh, how do I think this? Um, it's learned helplessness. And that's a psychological term, actually. They call it, therapists call it learned helplessness. And for example, you know, you know the story of the, the baby elephant. What they do in India with a baby elephant is they, they tie it to a stake. You put a stake in the ground, and the baby elephant you know, pulls on it, pulls on it, and, real, and, and learns that it can't, it can't get away. It can't move away from that. You know, it's tied to a stake. Well, then what they do when the elephant becomes a full-blown elephant, they you know, tie it to the same stake. And the elephant looks at that stake and says, nah, you know, I don't know what he really thinks, but screw it. You know, I can't, I can't move. I never could get away from that stake. I'm just going to stand here. And so the, they, they train it with the learned helplessness to, you know, realize just to, just to stand there tied to the stake, even though it could obviously just walk away with the stake, the house that it's bolted to, and everything else. But the elephant sees that stake. It's always looked that way. It's never been able to get away. And we laugh at elephants and go, our elephant's stupid. They're silly. And, you know, not so fast, because how many times have we, you know, are, are we affected by our learned helplessness? And that goes back, like I was saying earlier, about asking your parents for money, for example. Now, they could have a lot of money. And look at you and go, we're not giving you any money. You've got to make your own. Or whatever you heard, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Or people with money are evil. And all this pre-programming that's been built into our, into our psyche, you know, along the way. And what we so-called learned this is where, you know, Burke 2.0 and Burke 3.0 needs to come along and update that thinking just like you update the software in your, in your, in your PC. You know, you need to update your own, your own thinking. And so asking is one of those things. Like I said, if, you're, if you've always got a horrific rejection from your parents when you ask them for money, when you look at, at venture capitalists, for example, the demographics of venture capitalists are going to fall right into kind of like that parental range. And so no matter how old you are, you walk in, you see the venture capitalists, they all fundamentally they kind of look like dad. And, you know, and all of a sudden you, you get a trigger of, oh, my God, I'm going to ask these guys for $10 million. Ah, you know, that whole mental construct that goes on is, is catastrophic at that, at that point. And so um, that's the thing you need to understand. Is this learned helplessness? Am I just repeating something that somebody else said? My grandmother, for example, said to me one time, or way back when, and it had to do with dinner. And she said, you know, save the best until last expecting me to eat your vegetables first and then get around the potatoes and then the meat, you know, my, and my grandfather, who's the youngest of eight kids, would be sitting there saying, muttering, you know, I'd eat my meat first if I were you. Because, <laughs> you know, I was an only kid at the time, but, you know, in his, in his family, he was the youngest of eight. Man, he'd see a fork come any, from any direction and stab his meat and take it from him. It was evil, you know, and so I learned some of these things. But here I am with the idea of save the best until last. How do you think that's going to work at the high school dance? You know, there's a pretty girl I want to dance with. I know. I'm going to save her till last and go dance with all the ones I'm not interested in. In the meantime, of course, all the other guys have gone for the, the girl I wanted to dance with. Likewise, 
when I got a list of customers, and I got, got a job when I worked at Texas Instruments way back when, he said, okay, here's a bunch of customers to go call on. I'm looking at the list and thinking, okay, I'm going to save the best one to laugh. And it wasn't until I did some workshops where, you know, they pointed out or we got to the place where I could look at some of this stuff, like kind of like what we're talking about here, and realize, oh, my God, that was my grandmother's idea. She was talking about that around dinner. But here I am applying this construct to everything, you know. And so to realize that, and it sounds silly in retrospect, but, you know, when I think about it, I can even hear it in my grandmother's voice. So when we hear these ideas and voices in our head talking to us that we think with that, you know, oh, hey, watch out. Don't ask that question. What's going to happen? Well, listen to whose voice is telling you. Is that It's not even your idea. It's somebody else's idea. And that's the learned helplessness we've got to eradicate from our thinking and replace with something else. And that's, the, that's, that's consciousness in my, in my book in terms of like functional consciousness. How can you really update your thinking and get these thoughts out of your head or listen? Leave them there, but put something else in there and realize where they came from. And realize, oh, that's not me. That's not my idea. It's not even reality. It's somebody else's, you know, advice that makes absolutely no sense in, in reality. Yeah. But that's what they that's what they were programmed with. And I'm I'm going to change mine now and edit and update yourself. That's that is the I'll call it a trick for now. But that's what you got to do. So in, in terms of being conscious, you kind of touched on that, but I mean, we could expand a little further. Like if somebody is saying, hey, I know that if I'm going to create a conscious environment in my workplace or whatever I do, I have to be that example. I got to become conscious myself. What are the steps for someone to become conscious? Is that, the, is that becoming more mindful, uh, becoming more clear, that type of thing? What, what would be a process you think that would, you know, would allow people to kind of migrate and to be more conscious? Well, okay, so I started that with the, with the, the, the learned helplessness part. The learned helplessness, yes, yep, yep. Well, but here's the thing, you know, so the elephant could look at that, look at themselves and say, hey, I'm tied to this snake. Okay, I learned that as a baby elephant. I wonder if I can pull on this thing now, you know, and that would yep. be like, uh, that's not really answering your question, but that, that's kind of the start. But so the next yep. thing I would look at is, how does one identify the stakes you're tied to like the elephant is? Okay, so, and I would say it's simply look at the patterns in your life. It's something like, why is it that this always happens to me? And that's kind of like the question you might ask you. So you'll notice a pattern. Like, how is it I get right up to getting the money and something goes wrong? How is it that something, I get right here and this happens? Or, you know, I always attract this kind of person. Uh, you know, it's it's like and you hear yourself even say, I always, you know, it's a pattern. It's always been that way. And the, the truth of the matter is, it's not the way it is in the universe. It is the way that way for you because you are attracting this and it's coming from your thinking. It's some idea, something that you're recreating uh, in your world. I think therapists would call that uh, repetition compulsion where you have this thing going on like, you know, the, uh, well, the baby elephant the asking from fear of asking for money, um, the fear of, of just expressing yourself, being yourself. We're so pushed. Don't don't do that, you know. And some things do make sense, like don't touch the hot stove, you know, type of stuff. But many of the things aren't that way. So you really have to start discerning. Okay, which one of these things is real, and which is something that I've just been conditioned to believe. It could be a religious thing. It could be uh, any number of things that we're conditioned to believe that really aren't necessarily so. And you can start to see that in the patterns 
of what seems to always happen to me. And you look at it, why, you know, where did, oh, and where did that start? Where was the original domino that, that started? Because most of these things, it's a pattern. You've repeated something a hundred times throughout the years. But if you can get to the one where it started, like the part about where my grandmother, oh, my grandmother said save the best until last. Hold it here. Where have I been? I've been doing that all over the place. And I found out that's what it was. So now I'll even hear, oh, save the best until last. I go, yeah, thanks, Grandma. What was I doing? I want this one, <laughs> you know. And so yeah, I say it's recognizing the patterns in your own life, getting back to the, the first where that pattern kicked off, and then realize that it's really not your, your thinking, your originality doing. It's something else that, that, that affected you. And then, then, you can, then you can start to release that because you realize it's not yours. It's not something for you to hold on to. Yeah. We, 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 we build these things into our identity. And once it becomes our identity, oh, my God, you know, how, do you, how, do you, how do you unhook that? But when you realize that's what happened, then it's much easier to let go of it. No, that's so true. I mean, even though these things have happened and we pick this up with, by observing what we've had in childhood – you know, it's still like you said earlier in the first segment. It's you know, it's not that it, it's your parents' fault, right? It's all they know. It, it, it's again, it's always going to be our responsibility, knowing that if something is not working, that we have to recognize what what is something that I can trace back that may be causing this to not work, and what do I have to do to change them, you know, to make it work. And it's so true. And it's just like yeah. in, in business when you're solving problems, a bottleneck in a business process. Same concept. You know, it's, it's the same thing here. Well, you got to, you know, went, people, yeah. Go I ahead, go I ahead. went to a doctor one time. I, I, a doctor I went to, he had a, a wound in his left arm. His, his left arm was like, something was wrong with it. And I, you know, I asked him, I said, so, you know, what happened to your arm? And, you know, usually you don't find, see somebody with a problem and say, hey, what happened there? But he's a doctor and, you know, well, I was in there and I said, so what happened to your arm? He goes, well, you know, and he told me what happened and, went, wow. I said, is, is that why you became a doctor? And he hesitated, looked kind of oddly at me and said, you know, yeah, I never really thought about that. You know, it's like, whoa, wake up call. I mean, here's his whole career based on a childhood issue, an injury that he had as a kid. Now, I'm not saying that's bad. I think it's, it's great motivation. You know, and oftentimes that's kind of thing is what motivates us. And that's great, but at least do it consciously. <laughs> Realize that, you know, when I was a kid, I had this problem. And I just became fascinated with medicine because I wanted to solve my own problem. And darn it, that's why I became a doctor. You know, great. You know, and I'm sure he's happy being a doctor, but he never really thought about why. And I even became an entrepreneur because my grandfather came home one day and he, he was an entrepreneur. He had his own, he had a tubing business after World War II. And, uh, you know, he came home and said, you know, you never make any money working for somebody else. I thought, ooh, okay, note to self. You know, and I'm five years old, I think. And so I thought, I've got always got to have my own company. Now, today, there's lots of zillionaires. I mean, look at the early Microsoft employees. They were make, working for somebody else, but they became millionaires. So what my grandfather told me isn't necessarily true. Nevertheless, uh, you know, it's one of those thoughts that sticks in my mind. And I would say, concluding this concept for the moment, anyway, is there's Marcus Aurelius, the emperor, philosopher, Roman uh, uh, emperor, you know. He said, my favorite quote for him is, he's, everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. And so, in, in keeping with our childhood ideas and, and, and identities and all that kind of stuff, is that is one facet. 
one perspective and to make it easy on yourself to expand and become more conscious and let go of some of these childhood beliefs, is you can leave them there, but just realize that it is one perspective, it is one person's take on it, and it's on you to add more. And the more you can add, the more you can start seeing, wow, these other guys have some, have some perspectives on this. It's a different way of looking at it, which is why it's good to have a diverse management team because your diverse management team is going to give you different perspectives on something that you're just going to plain miss. I mean, I miss a whole bunch of stuff because I don't look at it from a woman's point of view. I don't look at it from different people from different places' points of view. And when you add all those in, wow, now you're starting to get the bigger picture. And it's kind of like the, the other metaphor, the five blind men and the elephant. You know, you don't know the story. It's simply there's five blind guys and an elephant. So one guy wraps his arm around the, the bumps into the elephant, grabs his leg, and says, "Hey, it's a tree." Somebody else bumps into his butt belly and says, "Hey, this thing." No, I don't think so. I think it's a wall. The third guy around the other corner grabs its tail and says, "I it feels like a feels like a vine to me." And the other guy around to the right, you know, he grabs the trunk and says, "I don't know, man. This is something weird. This is a snake. I don't know what this is." And the fifth guy grabs his ear and says, "That's a big leaf to me." And they can argue about this all day long, and they're all going to be right. But those of us who can see the elephant realize that's a freaking elephant. You know, it's, none of these guys are right. So here we are in a, in a world where people are arguing over their religious puzzle pieces, and everybody thinks they've got it right. And just the self-righteousness, I'm right about what I'm thinking, when actually you're just right about one perspective. If you could add the other people's perspectives to what you're seeing, now you're going to start to get the bigger picture. And that makes it a heck of a lot easier to go forward. No, that's so true, Burke. I, I, you know, you just described right there, you know, getting out of the problem into the solution. And, you know, we have about a minute and a half till the next break. And, you know, and so many people manage the problem rather than, you know, get out of the problem and start. And, and it's so important from what I can gather that conscious business strategies, you know, seek to, to operate from within the solution, not the problem. And if you could just recap that, you know, what we what you've just talked about uh, in the second segment to kind of sum everything up and, you know, so, so that the listeners can really, really take home what it means to really, you know, become conscious. Well, OK, we talked about the baby elephant tied to a stick and it's learned helplessness. Yeah. So don't laugh. Don't laugh at the elephant. <laughs> don't laugh at the elephant. <laughs> Look at yourself and think, how am I tied to the stake like an elephant is? And even though now I'm 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old doing what I'm doing, realize, oh, I was, yeah, I never could do that as a baby elf, so let me try that again. So that's one thing. And the other thing, again, Marcus Aurelius, you know, everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. And that's really the problem with kind of like the Internet, if you will, today. We talk about information overload. It's not information yep. overload. Well, it kind of is, but it's also yep. opinion overload. And so it's opinion. If you hear people talking, is an, I mean, this is an opinion, okay? Yep. And everything you see is a perspective. It's not the truth. And people say, well, this is the truth. Yep. I'm like, well, hold it here. You're seeing it from one angle, you know. And yep. So you've got to understand there's many perspectives on this and gather as many as you can so you can see the elephant, not just be, you know, grabbing it by the trunk and thinking it's something else. No, absolutely. And that's, that's, that applies to business in a big way because you just don't know and allow yourself to go in without that preconceived or yep. allow your preconceived notions to well, be there. Burke, Bur- we got to go to break. We're going to have to go to break, but I want to finish okay. up on that, t- what you just yeah. said there. 
Um, so again, we're listening to Burke uh, Franklin, Conscious Business Strategies to Grow Profit. We're going to be right back as Burke is covering, recapping what we talked about. And this is so important. And we're going to bring this back up when we come back from break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people in businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us again, we're here with uh, Burke Franklin. Conscious business strategies to grow profit is what we are talking about today. He, again, is the creator and CEO of businesspowertools.com. And, Burke, we were just kind of recapping a little bit about, you know, the importance from operating uh, within the solution, why that's so important to uh, being conscious. Did you want to wrap anything up there on that? And then i like to get into a little more deeper dive about some of the areas that you address with your power power or your business power tools.com. Yeah, I, I would, I think we pretty much covered it without reiterating, but I would think right. in, in another direction, just something I'd add, you know, something new would be that, you know, we've grown up speaking of the learned helplessness, so to speak. I mean, you hear over and over and over, you learn from your mistakes, learn from your mistakes, learn from your mistakes. 
is anywhere in there anything about learning from your successes? And I say that because I think there's an, I believe there's an infinite number of ways to make mistakes. There's an infinite number of things we don't want. And we often speak in terms of negativity, like, oh, I don't want this, I don't want that, I don't want a person who, I don't want a business that, I don't want a product this. It's like going on to a car lot and the salesman says, hey, how can I help you? And you say, well, I don't want a white car. <laughs> okay, we're still standing here. You know, I don't want a pickup truck. Okay, good. Uh, I don't, at what point, I mean, there's an infinite number of things you don't want, infinite number of things that go wrong, an infinite number of things you could, mistakes you can make. Just because you don't make the same mistake twice doesn't necessarily mean that the, the third or fourth mistake you make is going to succeed. So I would turn around and say, but, but that doesn't mean we're failures. I'm saying we have all, all of us have all kinds of successes. But do we stop and look at the success and say, okay, this is kind of the flip side of that learned helplessness coin, is what did I do that succeeded? What did I do differently? What did I add? What did I subtract? Who did I call? What did I do? And really think that look at your successes. How can I repeat that success? How can I write down or in, write in my intention or write in my instructions to people? Here's what I want. Not a list of things, a whole bunch of stuff I don't want. Talk about what you do want. Because how can you define what you want by what you don't want? So what do you expect's going to happen? And that is, I think, a real key ingredient to getting past the learned helplessness, to getting forward, moving forward in where you want to go is to learn, learn from your successes so you can repeat them. I have a girlfriend, kids, girls play on a, on, a, on a women's lacrosse team, and they won their division championship last night. And I was saying to them, I said, think about this a moment. What was your mindset going into this game? You guys won. What was your mindset going into this game? So you can take that thinking into everything you do because apparently it worked. You know what I mean? So anyway, so there's that. No, no, I agree. I think a lot of times, again, we gotta we gotta learn from our successes too. And and if any reason if something you know doesn't work the the last time that you succeeded, you know you can modify it. You know, and but again, you gotta you can't just look at the negative or just the mistakes. Yes, we do learn from mistakes. That's the whole idea. But you know, we have to learn from those successes too. We have to really look at that. Uh, you know, to continue that make that sustainable. Anything else you want to elaborate on there? Because I, I would be okay to jump right into some of the areas that, you know, we'd like to find out about businesspowertools.com and some of the areas it addresses uh, as it pertains to conscious business strategies. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do have a blog on my, 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 well, my website, businesspowertools.com, but I have a blog called Business Black Belt, and I, and I wrote a book just to, you know, take the stuff that I've learned and, and looking at my own successes and, of course, learning it some failures and some stories around that and what worked and didn't work. But I, you know, did do a bunch of workshops over the years starting, you know, about almost 40 years ago. It's kind of weird to think in terms of anything 40 years ago <laughs> where, I, where I was aware and conscious of what was going on. But um, so I just, I, I, but I did all these workshops as they apply to, with the intention that I would go into my own business. And even when I had my own business, I was doing these workshops. And it was all about everything I'm talking about here is really looking at those patterns in my life, like, oh, yeah, this happened. And, or I might have some little emotional charge on something. You know, you have to think about that emotional, like a little, something happens, you feel a little kind of like, oh, yeah, that, that, something's wrong with that. Ah, what is that? Ugh. You know, and to look at when you have a moment, to look at, okay, where did that come from? Where did that, why would I have that emotional charge? Why would I feel guilty about asking somebody to invest in my company? 
you know, oh, way back when to where, you know, I, I borrowed money from somebody, but I didn't pay them back. I feel kind of guilty about that. I really can't ask this next person. For, you know, so you get to the bottom of those things and you, and you, you, you resolve them. And that's, that's important stuff. And so that's a lot of things that I like to talk about because I realize what's the point of pursuing profit and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. If, if when I get there and find it, I reject it because I built something in myself, according to my Rooney quote earlier, it's it built in there against it. So, um, but in, you know, in, in, in business power tools, it's the idea is I created a business plan software called business biz plan builder. And the idea was that I was, I was helping people with the businesses, you know, and, uh, a friend of mine had a, a software product that he was going to sell to Apple, not the company, just the, just a software system that Apple uses to designing some of their circuits and stuff way back when. But Apple wanted to see his business plan because they wanted to know not just, you know, you got a great product, but we want to be sure you are going to be in business for the long term. And so he needed a business plan. And so I thought of it as a, an elaborate brochure to, to pitch the company, but you're pitching the management, you're pitching the, you know, the product itself, you're talking what you're doing for marketing, everything about it, of course, the numbers, and so he got the deal with Apple, and it was definitely a success. We analyzed, you know, analyzing the success, doing what I'm telling you to do, looking at what worked. Well, first of all, you give them all the information they need in one document. I believe that. Now, they don't have to read the whole document, uh, but I think the fact that all the information was there, were, because you're, you're passing this business plan around. So like, like, likewise, if you've got a, an idea for a business that you want investors for, whether it's your parents and friends and family who are going to invest in you, which... I find are probably the most difficult people to sell sometimes to, you know, angel investors. It could be your dentist who's going to invest or some professional venture capitalist. They all have different criteria, but nevertheless, they all have the fundamental same bunch of questions they want to know about your, you and your business. And they're also going to ask other people to advise them on what it is you're pitching them. And so different people are going to look at your business and business plan from a different perspective. The financial people are going to look at the numbers. The marketing guys are going to think, well, you're a marketing. Here's your marketing makes sense. And the product people will look at it because everybody's going to advise. And so you want to have this document that really covers all these bases. And some people think, oh, I don't need a business plan these days. You know, we're just going to wing it. We're, you know, and, and I, I like the idea of lean business. I mean, that's fundamentally how I started to make a product and make it better and keep iterating and making it better, yep. which is great. But at some point, somebody needs the movie script. They want to see the whole picture. And believe me, it makes when you have a plan and it's done, it's amazing how you can use that over and over again. And you don't have to keep explaining your business to people. You can give it to them and they can learn what they need to learn about your business. So it's worth having. And since it's in software, you can keep it updated. And your team can engage and everybody can add to it. And so that's what we have with our this plan builder dashboard, you know, for that, which is a new uh, I'd say a revelation a revolution in business planning. And then what we have, we've added, you know, uh, an employee policy manual, for example, with all your policies in it, because most companies don't really think about their conscious culture. They just start doing business. In the mad dash to grow their company, they overlook a lot of things. And we have all of these tools built in to help you do this stuff that's crucial to do. I would, you know, we could argue whether it's mission critical or not, but I think you know, it, it is mission critical. It's like driving your car down the road. Are your shock absorbers mission critical? Well, yeah. You know, are they the engine that runs it? Not necessarily, but, you know, it's the stuff that carries the thing forward. It helps the stuff that helps your company grow smoothly, if you will. 
and it just helps you do. We have all these templates; they're pre-written. They're not empty buckets like a lot of software you get, which are great things to have. You know, but like I think of like QuickBooks is awesome, but you got to put the numbers in it. You know, now we don't do that at all, but we do. You know, like the business plan is, is actually a written written plan. It's already written. It's like reading somebody's plan and saying, "Well, this applies to me." I'm going, but I'm going to edit that. My philosophy is it's easier to edit than it is to write it from scratch. Most people look at a blank sheet of paper and just like, "Oh my God, what do I say?" <clears throat> so you look at some of these free templates and they say, "Describe your management team here," and it's blank. And you say, "Well, what what exactly should I say about my management team if I'm talking to investors?" And so we have it actually written for you. And then there's a video of me coming on that says, hey, okay, here's what you got to do. <laughs> you know, you got to click on it. And, you, and I'll, there's a, like a two or three minute video of me explaining what's, what to do in this, in this stage of your business plan. So we have all these templates that really help you. Uh, it's like the 30 years of successful business development experience. And they've all been updated and integrated into a seamless and secure online dashboard now. It makes it easy to access, easy to collaborate and, and work together. And so that's, and it's ongoing. We can, you know, build on it from here and we're doing that. And uh, it's just helped a lot of people be very successful. And the thing is, when you, you really thought your whole business through, it's easier to stand in front of a bunch of investors and say, here's what I'm doing. Because I swear to God, I, I've been to a number of investor presentations and these guys start asking questions right after slide number two. They don't even let you get into finish your pitch. And so, and I've seen more entrepreneurs get derailed by that because they really haven't thought through their business. They've got a great slideshow. They've got a great business model canvas. They've got a summary plan, but they haven't really done the deep dive to think through what's going to happen down the road in this business. And these investors have seen businesses time yeah. and time and time again, and they look at these pitches all day long, and they read plans, and it's like, ah! And they pray, believe me, they're praying to their God every day, please, please, somebody come through the door with something worth investing in, you know? And that's what they're hoping for. And at the same time, they've been burned. Like recently, there's this yeah. Serrano's thing up in the San Francisco yeah. Bay Area with the blood, the outright fraud. And then there's the Fire Island debacle in the Bahamas. Like, what the hell? You know, so now investors think, oh, my God. You know, and now they've got completely shafted and gypped and, and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And they're even more wary, you know? So you've got to... Show them that you're for real. Anyway, I, I can go on and on and no, on. No, no, no. I, so, I love that word. Uh, be real, and you have to be real, and it's so important. Uh, we're we're towards the end of the show here, Burke. But I am. I mean, this has been a wealth of knowledge that you've shared today, and we encourage everyone to check out businesspowertools.com. Uh, in about less than a minute here, um, Burke, to let us let the listeners know where they can find you. I mean, I obviously businesspowertools.com, but anywhere else they can find you and where what you're up to in the next uh, few months. Well, businesspowertools.com is really where I, I have all my eggs in that basket at the moment. You could read my blog, which is you can find it there too. It's the Business Black Belt blog, and I talk about these things. Um, what I've talked with you about are not really into a blog, but I can I putting them in there. I would say one other thing, you know, so businesspowertools.com, I appreciate that. I'm burkefranklin.com, B-U-R-K-E, franklin.com too, but that site's not all that up to date, but it's, it is there. But I was going to say one of the other things about what we talk with people about is there's missionaries and there's mercenaries, back to the consciousness. Yep. So there's the missionary business entrepreneur and then there's the mercenary. Mercenaries do it for the money. Missionaries do it because they just want to do it. Missionaries are often lousy business people, but they'll go down with the shit. They'll stay with it because they're purpose-driven. 
The yeah. mercenary is about the money. They're much better business people. If you can combine the best of those into the Goldilocks combination of a missionary and mercenary, where a missionary is like, okay, I'm going to learn how to run this business because profit is good. I need profit. You know, even if you're a nonprofit, that's a yep. tax status. It's not a management style. Even a nonprofit, you know, their yep. profit now is called surplus. You got to have that because that enables you to keep going without constantly begging for more money. Absolutely. Anyway, um, that's the that's the idea. How can you be the best of those? How can you overcome yep. the thinking that you grew up with and embrace the world as it is and do something about it? And we have tools, I think, at businesspowertools.com that will help you. Thank you so much today, Burke. We want to thank you very much. We want to thank you, audience, uh, as always, for joining us every Thursday. Again, check out uh, businesspowertools.com. Again, there's a wealth of information that helps escalate and scale your business. And again, uh, we'll be back next Thursday, The Sustainable Way. And we'll see you next week. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.